Hi guys, and welcome back to Positive Effects and Medical Connect's sixth episode. I'm so excited to have with me here today, Chi. She's a senior at Southern Methodist University, and we're going to be discussing with her her journey through pre-med, um, just her reflecting on these four years and what she has for the future. So I think, Chi, one of the most important things um, as a student is, you know, in college, you have to kind of understand, you know, that it's a place to grow your academic knowledge, but also develop your futures and passions. And so that goes with the same train of thought when it comes to pre-med because it's a commitment to the experience and journey. And so I wanted to ask, how did you first decide to pursue medicine and then specifically be a physician? And secondly, what kept you motivated along the way? Also, please feel free to introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. So um, like she mentioned before, I'm Chi. I'm a senior uh, majoring in biochemistry and Spanish, and I'm also minoring in history at Southern Methodist University. It's a small university located in Dallas, Texas, and I was actually born and raised in Plano, Texas, a suburb of Dallas. Um, And I'm applying for medical school this year, and I'm really excited to be here. So thanks for having me. And as far as the sort of your classic why medicine question, um, I think I really liked how you split it up into two parts. So first, what sparked my interest, and second, why or how I was motivated to keep continuing on this journey, because it is a long journey. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, when you asked me kind of what sparked my interest, the first thing I think about is my personal history. I'm an identical twin, and my sister and I were born two months prematurely. I was delivered um, basically the size of a Coke can, just Mm -hmm. two pounds, Mm -hmm. and I had a serious surgery, and I spent three months in the NICU, and after that whole ordeal, our parents could finally bring us home, so I've always felt like I owed a lot to the medical field, specifically Mm -hmm. the surgeons, um, pediatricians, and nurses who cared for me at the beginning of my life, and as far as how I kept the motivation uh, to keep pursuing this track, the pre-medical track, um, I just started to think about the ways in which I wanted to change medicine, how I could uniquely Um, and positively impact the medical field. Um, As a second-generation Asian-American kid with immigrant parents and relatives, I've seen the cultural and linguistic barriers between healthcare and minority patients, and I realized that you know, I had this special set of skills outside of the sciences, so linguistic skills, experiment, um, ex- my experience with immigrants that can make medicine a lot more inclusive. So, you know, why do I want to be a physician? Why do I, why am I on this track? In one short sentence, I've always wanted to be the physician that I wish my immigrant grandparents had. Mm-hmm. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I think I love how I've always spoken to guests. I've had guests on here who have talked about how, you know, their decision to pursue medicine ties back to a personal experience, whether one of their family members was in the hospital or they themselves were in the hospital. And I think having that experience is just so crucial for them in their identity of why they want to pursue medicine. And what's crazy about it is, you know, it's so unfortunate that it occurs, but it it's like a kind of gateway to all these other aspects of medicine. I mean, you learn how vital care is and you realize that what you had makes you want to innovate in that area and you know make that area better whether you're you know family member was sick or like you said if you yourself was in the hospital and so I think it's wonderful that you're using that as a core um, aspect in your identity of why you want to pursue medicine and I love your conversation about immigrant parents um as an immigrant as well as my parents being an immigrant as well and being second generation myself I think it um it just goes to show that that is a crucial part of your identity and I love how you're connecting that with your passion to medicine 
Yeah, definitely. Like when I was younger, I don't know if you went through this too, but when I was younger, I thought, you know, it kind of sucks to mm-hmm. um, not be in an English only family. And I just want to be sort of like the same as everyone else. And, you know, being bicultural kind of made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But when I found sort of that unique place in medicine that I could occupy, it's just my bicultural identity mm-hmm. somehow became something very valuable. And I said, wow, like I want to pursue this career because it just validates me and my own identity and there is obviously a need to diversify the physician workforce actually just healthcare in general mm-hmm. so yeah that's beautifully said I think yeah I also struggle with that as well and it it took me some time and only when I really found areas of my life that I was passionate about and I could connect my heritage and you know culture to that I found like a greater connection for who I was as again like you said being part of two separate cultures and so I completely agree with your statement it was beautifully said And so I also know that you're majoring in biochemistry and Spanish, like you stated, and minoring in history. And I wanted to ask, what inspired you to pursue such a holistic college education? And do you have any advice um, for pre-health students kind of debating what majors and minors they want to pursue? Yeah, so back in high school, um, I was in the International Baccalaureate or IB program, Mm -hmm. and we had a very well-rounded curriculum. Um, I took upper level classes in sciences, literature, math, Spanish. So when I got to college and declared my single biochemistry major, I felt like something was missing. Like I really missed using the other half of my brain, the Mm -hmm. one that would work when, you know, I was doing liberal arts things. So I chose to major in Spanish because I wanted to be fluent in a third language. Um, Then, you know, this Spanish major, not only gave me a professional capacity and confidence to use another language, it also taught me how to respect the language and the people who speak it. So, you know, I recommend every single kind of panel I speak on or if I'm just talking to another pre-medical student, I say, don't underestimate the value of a foreign language degree. You know, if you have that extra time and don't really know what other majors or minors to add, um, I really recommend pursuing that degree. It will challenge you to think in a unique way and open kind of so many doors for you like outside of the classroom I I volunteer as a Spanish English translator at um, a community clinic for the uninsured and you know that door would have never been opened to me if I hadn't developed you know my Spanish skills and confidence in the classroom first Mm -hmm. so it's really fulfilling um And as far as my history minor goes, I've always been interested in how, you know, past people and events shape our world today. Um, I really liked my American history classes in high school, and so I took a lot of fun college courses from different aspects of American history, like the history of consumer culture in America, and my personal favorite, um, the history of American sports. It's just great to have all this, like, important but also trivial knowledge because Mm -hmm. it's a great conversation starter so yeah definitely no I think that's wonderful and I like what you said at the beginning where you talked about kind of using this other half of your brain I think a lot of as pre-health students we kind of suffer with almost an identity crisis because it's like you when you come into college you commit yourself to the sciences and majoring or minoring in anything else almost seems like unethical it's like why would I be doing this when I should be focusing solely on sciences but as someone who's soon realized that you know I actually really love public policy and at first I was a little bit scared I was like I don't know if I can handle both of these things but you know seeing people like you who are seniors so accomplished and have majored in such wonderful things it's really inspiring for us underclassmen to realize that we have the ability and capability to kind of pursue other majors if we choose so thank you for being kind of like that mentor for us yeah definitely and just like pursuing a different degree than sciences it really kind of gets your head out of the sand like my Spanish and history degrees have been more useful for me 
in the last four years of college. Like I can't apply any biochemistry knowledge outside of just the MCAT or something, right? But I, you learn about one thing in history and or like learn how to speak Spanish and then it's immediately applicable. So it's really gratifying to be able to use that knowledge right away instead of waiting to go through four years of medical school and then four years of residency to mm -hmm. finally apply that biochemistry knowledge. Definitely. I completely agree. And, you know, along the same lines, I wanted to ask, and you've already hinted on this a little bit, but, you know, did you feel like this diverse education that you received throughout college, did it play a role in your development as a student throughout the year? Yes, definitely. Um, it comes up a lot in my medical school interviews. I think people are more interested in talking about my other degrees and the other knowledge that I learned from my classes, non-science classes, mm -hmm. than my actual biochemistry classes. But it showed me that um, as far as intellectual development, it showed me that interdisciplinary research and education, like that's where medical, the medical field is going. I mean, a lot of the most pressing medical questions that we need to answer, those answers aren't found in, you know, your typical old medical school textbook. It's about integrating knowledge from all these different fields. So, you know, for example, public policy is something very important. You can integrate that into the medical field. And that's where a lot of research and education is uh, being drawn towards now, at least in medical schools and how the curriculum is changing. So I think pursuing majors outside of science really prepares you to think critically about how you can integrate all those concepts in order to improve a certain field Definitely. like medicine. That's awesome. Yeah. And I also know, you know, going alongside, you know, just engaging in various communities and aspects of knowledge, I know that you've also engaged in a multitude of clubs in your college from cultural associations to professional communities. And I wanted to ask, what would you say is the most inspiring and important aspect when it comes to building a diverse, diverse community as a pre-med and pre-health student, but also as a general college student as well? Yes, I don't really think um, there should be a certain set of guidelines or requirements for extracurricular activities. I mean, mm -hmm. my rule of thumb is just just do something you love and like bonus points if you can help people mm -hmm. while you're at it too. Yeah, you know. So one of one of the biggest parts of my um, college experience was mm -hmm. being part of the Vietnamese Students Association at SMU. Um, aside for from it being an opportunity for me to develop leadership skills. Um, mentor younger students of color. We also raised money to fund nonprofit organizations in Vietnam. So these nonprofit organizations that we supported built mm -hmm. hand washing stations or funded scholarships, STEM scholarships for mm -hmm. girls. Um, I think it's really great to you know find a group of people who want to do something good for the world, mm -hmm. and you know hang with them. You know just mm -hmm. be a part of that inspiring organization. Um, just you know the most important thing to remember is that whatever you choose to do. Put your whole heart into it it's i think it's quality over quantity always mm -hmm. um if you devote enough time and energy to the organizations you love mm -hmm. you'll form so many like meaningful connections and a sense that you're really making a difference definitely yeah i think that in high school a lot of us feel we get kind of into the quantity over quality mindset when it comes to extracurriculars because we're trying our best to make our you know application as holistic and in that process we lose the sense of appreciation for what we engage in but it's amazing when you come to college um there's so much clubs and communities but you really find a sense of 
following what truly speaks to you. And I think that's wonderful coming into college, even though I'm a remote student because of the whole COVID-19 crisis, it's been amazing to see all the different kind of clubs that, you know, college can offer in communities. And it's made me really realize that college is a place for me to pick what I choose to, you know, practice and work in. And I don't have to do everything just because. And so I love how that transition between two different types of education gives that gateway for students. And I completely agree with what you said. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's really difficult. At least it was really difficult for me freshman year because, I mean, we go to a small university, right? Mm -hmm. But there are a ton of organizations. So I was on every single email list and I I went to every single general body meeting. But, you know, by the time sophomore and junior year came around, I sort of uh, tailored my extracurricular activities to fit my interests better. You know, I just dropped a lot of organizations that for me didn't enrich my life and my education that much and focused on just a couple. And I think sort of that narrowing down is hard, Mm -hmm. but it's really fulfilling when you find just those few activities that kind of check off all the boxes. And, you know, I would say another piece of advice is don't be afraid to pursue activities in height that, pursue activities in college that you pursued in high school. So one mistake I made was thinking that, you know, when I got to college, I would be a brand new person. I played volleyball um, throughout my whole high school career. And when I came to college, I thought, you know, I don't have time for this. Playing volleyball doesn't do anything for my pre-med resume and can't talk about it in interviews. Mm -hmm. So just not going to do it. I think it's a waste of time. Uh, But my sophomore year, I was so sad my freshman year because Mm -hmm. I felt like that part of me, that competitiveness, the physical activity is missing. Mm -hmm. So I joined club volleyball my sophomore year and it's definitely like done wonders for my mental health. And it's something like that you can also put on your resume and talk about. I get so many questions about just sports, intercollegiate sports. So I think Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to pursue something that is from your past. You know, you're not a brand new person when you come to college or you don't have to be. You can still find comfort in the things that you really liked when you were in high school. Definitely. I completely agree. I think that when you come to college, just because you commit to a major does not mean that that becomes your identity and you have to throw back all the things that you allowed yourself to experience as a high school student because you didn't have to be committed to one like path, academic path. Um, I think it's very important, like you said, to not lose that part of yourself because it's important to keep that along your education journey, especially when you're a pre-health student hoping to work in the healthcare field with all the years of schooling there is, it's important to not lose your identity along the way. That's very true. And so I wanted to ask, I know that you have pursued a lot of research in college, and so that's something that many pre-health students strive for. And I wanted to ask, could you talk more about your experience in the Stevenson Cancer Center as well as at your university? And, you know, did you feel as if engaging in research at your community, I mean, at your university, I'm sorry, gave you a more better outlook into your professional community there? Yeah, yeah. So the funny thing about my summer internship is that I kind of applied for the cancer biology research internship at Stevenson without really knowing what research was. Um, I thought it was just going to be going into the lab, maybe washing a few dishes, um, following a procedure and turning over data to more experienced doctoral students or my principal investigator and that's honestly what it was at first I mean the learning curve was so much steeper than I realized um, because it was basic sciences research and I only had general chemistry and general biology under my belt Mm -hmm. but you know I didn't really let that discourage me Um, the internship was two months and at the end I was granted autonomy and I was able to publish an abstract and present a poster for the first time and that you know in itself was another learning curve outside of the lab I really had to develop 
develop my technical writing and presentation skills to prepare for the poster competition. Mm -hmm. And then when I came back to my university, um, I started as an undergraduate researcher during my sophomore year in a biochemistry lab. You know, I was a lot more confident in my lab skills, but the learning curve again was just so steep. Um, and then. You know, I grew so much over the three years that I've worked in that lab that, you know, this semester we finally published uh, a paper. It was my first paper and it was really exciting. So I plan to do research, either um, basic sciences or clinical research throughout the rest of my career. It's really important to drive um, science and medicine forward in that way. I really think research is a um, it's an obligation for physicians. It's not just some you know, extracurricular activity or mm -hmm. padding your resume. You really have a responsibility to drive the field forward, and that's what research does. Um, as far as general research tips, uh, it would, you know, I have really two basic pieces of advice. The first is to ask as many questions as you can. Mm -hmm. You're not expected to know anything by any means when you first join a lab. Um, there, and there's no way that you'll be able to learn everything from the internet or reading certain articles. Um, identify good mentors in your lab, and that can be doctoral students, postdoctoral students, lab technicians, even other undergrads who are more senior than you and have worked there um, that you can turn to. I think the best labs are always the most collaborative ones and you shouldn't be afraid to ask questions mm -hmm. and my last tip would be to grab as many opportunities as you can to present your research you know no matter if you're at the beginning stages or you're finishing up and it doesn't even matter if it's at a small lab meeting or a very large scientific conference you need to keep practicing talking about your research because if you can explain it really well to someone outside of the scientific field you really reach the stage where you truly understand your research and its implications and it's just great practice for medical school interviews as well mm -hmm. yeah I think that's wonderful and I think that you're a great example of like a student who had to experience that learning curve in the beginning when it came to research and then you were able to present your own paper and publish your own paper and I think that like you said research is so critical to the medical field to propel it forward but in a way it also kind of develops the physician um, and or students um, kind of academic growth and also personal growth like you said you learn a lot more about what you're pursuing and the implications of it and what it means to pursue research and have research that has such um, defined impl implications with medical research like you know everything you do is so important because it's directly affecting someone's health out there and so I think it's wonderful that you talked about that learning curve I feel like not enough students know about that and might go into research thinking they're supposed to know everything and come out of it better but I, I like how you talked about how it's okay to feel like the new kid on the block when you walk in I think that's really important for students to understand Oh yeah, definitely. And <laughs> the learning curve is so, so real. Like, I think it took me two years before I was like totally autonomous in my lab at school. And even that was kind of scary too, right? Because you take, you adopt the responsibility for the project and your results. So it's, I heard medicine is the same way as well. You know, you're not C1, I think the saying goes, uh, C1, do one teach one mm -hmm. right is that it like so, so. <laughs> that's definitely yeah that's definitely sort of the mentality you have coming in like mm -hmm. research um showed me a lot of failures like that was the place where I failed the most I think out of my undergraduate career and honestly I'd rather fail in the lab and be taught how to do something the right way and work past it than 
just come in and do everything perfectly and then one day failing and not knowing you know what to do in a more important aspect of my life so it's just great training grounds for resiliency as well definitely that's yeah I think that's beautifully said and so you know kind of going alongside the idea of multiple failures and kind of overcoming that proper mental health is a huge factor for students in college and I know the pre-med track is as rigorous as it is rewarding and it's hard to find that perfect balance of work and self-care as a new student and so I wanted to ask you know from your academic and extracurricular journey through college so far, what would you say is the most important message students should follow to make sure they have a sustainable yet successful four years? And were there any activities that you engaged in or practiced throughout your four years that helped you kind of create a sustainable and successful four years for yourself? Yeah, so I think my one um, piece of advice with, you know, in terms of the most important message is do not compare yourself to other people because everyone has a unique pre-medical journey. Um, it sounds kind of cliche, but I have the experience to back it up because I'm an identical twin and I had to learn this this lesson really early on in life. Like even though I didn't really compare myself to my sister growing up, um, people were always comparing me to my sister and that's something I had to learn how to tune out so I could just do my own thing and she did her own thing as well. You know, bringing it back to the realm of pre-med I think it's really easy to compare your GPA and your MCAT score or your extracurricular activities with the person sitting next to you or other applicants from your school. It's actually quite normal because it's the whole notion of social relativity, right? Like mm-hmm. we always want to know sort of where we are compared mm-hmm. to other people yeah. because this process is competitive, you know, but there is no such thing as the best way to get to medical school. Um, if you work hard, want to help people pursue things you love, you're already doing the right thing. And I think it's doing more than enough. Mm-hmm. So as ter- in terms of how I applied this philosophy concretely to my life, um, I really took this lesson to heart and tried to schedule like strict times to go to bed early and go out to eat and go to see concerts with my friends. I think pre-meds always feel like they have to be doing something productive every second of the day because mm-hmm. we have to be the very best of the best. Right. But we should really discourage this toxic mentality because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of kids get to medical school and a lot of them become physicians. You just want to enjoy the journey mm-hmm. um, no matter where you're at. That's very well said. Yeah, um, I just love your idea of kind of like letting yourself know early on in life that you had to be your own unique person and then further implement that. I think that regardless of, you know, if you if there's another student who might be an identical twin, you're going to experience something in your life that really shows you what it means to be yourself and using that experience to propel yourself forward in this idea of making your own individual is really, really important. And I'm really glad that you talked about that for students because like you said, the pre-med community, it's like you have to almost know what everyone's doing. Otherwise, it's like it bothers you're like where am I along the scale whereas you know that kind of takes away from the community aspect and it just becomes this huge rivalry among among students and so I really think it's awesome that you as a senior have used that and implemented that and have been able to go through college so successfully without feeling like you have to compete with everybody um, to be your best self. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, one more thing about that. I know it's sort of like ironic because this podcast is to, you know, give people advice. And, you know, there's so many YouTube channels out there and, you know, other types of um, medical resources that people can um, connect to older, you know, kids who have gone through medical school successfully and residency successfully. But, Mm -hmm. you know, always remember, don't even compare yourself to those people. Like Mm -hmm. every piece of advice that you're given, always think about it critically, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's your own journey. 
And just because you copy someone's resume exactly and get the same GPA or MCAT score, um, that's not really fulfilling. And that's not what will get you, you know, into medical school or have you succeed in medicine. It's about kind of forging your own path. So, you know, always take advice critically, really think about how you can adapt it to your own life. Don't just, you know, copy whatever someone else did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's also really important. I think a lot of students, they seek out mentors and there's so many mentors on YouTube, which is a great resource. It is, but it can also feel like, again, am I comparing myself to this person, even though they're years older than me? Am I comparing myself to their journey? And that can become a thing. And I think once you implement that that train of thought where you have to compare yourself, no matter where you are, you'll feel the need to. And so I think, like you said, it's so important to never lose that train of thought. I mean, sorry, never implement that train of thought, regardless of if you're in school, outside of school, because once you do somewhere, it becomes something you do everywhere. And so I think that's so important. And so you actually kind of, this really helps close off our advice section as well because you offered some awesome advice. And so I wanted to say thank you so much for being on this podcast. I think that you're an amazing example of a senior who went through their four years and was truly their self and, you know, pursued what they loved and are still on that path. And so I think it's wonderful that you are just able to represent all these things and be a great mentor for students. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. And, you know, at the end of the day, just be genuine in all your endeavors, academics, extracurricular activities, your personal relationships. I mean, I think anyone pursuing medicine um, knows how hard it is, but, you know, they're also very, it's a very noble profession. And I think, you know, like you're already doing so much and you're doing such a great thing. And I feel like there's so many great kids out there. So it's just like, you know, keep doing you, do your thing. You know, like I honestly, this podcast is so inspiring and it's so helpful for um, other pre-medical applicants. And I really wish that I had these and listened to your podcast and these episodes kind of before I started this whole journey. So thank you so much for inviting me to speak on such a good platform and best of luck for everyone listening and you yourself. Thank you so much. And so guys, that closes off our sixth episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will share more with you next time. Thank you guys.